Welcome to the beginning of our look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. This is day one. And today we're going to look at verse one because it is, 2 Corinthians 7 verse one is one of the most powerful verses on Christian integrity and purity in all of the Bible. Listen to what it has to say. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Last week, we talked about the fact that you and I must separate ourselves from evil. Don't be yoked together with unbelievers, the scripture teaches us, because when you're yoked together with an unbeliever in a relationship and a partnership, it creates disconnection, discontentment, disharmony, dissatisfaction, disagreement. It does not create joy in your life or in their life. In fact, it takes you and them both in the wrong direction. Last week, we talked about this need that we have to separate ourselves. This week, as we begin, Paul ends this thought about purity, and he talks about our need to connect ourselves. We're going to take a few minutes just to walk together through this important verse of the Bible about living the kind of life that God made you to live, living with purity in your daily thoughts, actions, words, attitudes. Just walk through this with me phrase by phrase. Look at what it has to say. He begins by saying, since we have these promises, that's why we perfect holiness. Since we have these promises, first phrase, it all starts with God's promise. The motivation for purity is in the promises of God. Now, we looked at some of those promises at the end of chapter six. God says, I will live with you. I will walk among you. I will be a father to you. These are all promises of God's presence in your life. And when you look at the promise of God's presence, that's the motivation for purity. A lot of people try to motivate themselves to live with greater integrity and greater purity based on their own pride, how they might look to others. It only lasts as long as you're in front of other people. Other people try to motivate themselves to a new kind of purity in their lives based on how God might punish them if they're impure. That doesn't last either because it begins to make you afraid of God and want to actually separate yourself from God who is going to punish you, as if you could, but that's what you tend to do. It's when you recognize God's promises that you have the real invitation in your life to live the pure life of integrity that he would want. It begins with the promises. Since we have these promises, he says, let us purify ourselves. You separate yourself and then you purify yourself. Now notice he says, let us purify ourselves. He doesn't say, let us ask God to purify us, although God is the one who does it. He says, let us purify ourselves. What is he saying here? He's saying that although God is the one who purifies us, only he can do that through his spirit. Only he can do that through his leading in our lives. There are decisions that you and I have to make. There's ways that we have to follow him. There's things that have to be taken out of our lives, and there are things that have to be not allowed into our lives. There's things that we have to then allow to be in our daily lives. If I'm going to be living a pure life, I've got to make those decisions. And the idea, the sense that, oh, the, the Holy Spirit will do it without me making any decisions. It'll just automatically happen to me without any tough decisions. You're just lying to yourself. Now, what are those things? When he says, let us purify ourselves. Since we have these promises, let us purify ourselves. What are the things he's talking about? Well, he says it in the next phrase, from everything that contaminates body and spirit contaminates. That's a key word here. God is not some heavenly killjoy. As if somehow these impure actions that we have in our lives, impure thoughts that we have in our lives, these temptations that we follow to impurity, that if we were to do that, that's what brings joy into our lives. But somehow 
God is asking us not to do the things that would make us the most happy in this world because uh, he wants us to be boring Christian kind of people and not enjoy the things the rest of the world enjoys. Satan can tempt you to think that, but the truth of the matter is those things that people think they're enjoying are actually contaminating their lives. Sexual sin contaminates your life. Selfish sin contaminates your life. Jealous sin contaminates your life. It contaminates you. If you let the wrong things into your life, it contaminates your ability to love. That doesn't mean that they don't seem good at the moment. There are a lot of things you can eat that will physically contaminate your body. You can eat a donut. You can eat a dozen donuts. You can eat a dozen, dozen donuts. And they might taste good to you. That doesn't mean they are good for you. And just because there is pleasure in sin for a moment, as the scripture says, does not mean it is not contaminating your ability to have faith, your ability to love, your ability to hope, your ability to make a difference in your life. The simple truth is, what we put into our lives is what comes out of our lives. So if I put into my life selfishness and sin, that's what's going to come out of my life. That's what I'm going to experience in my life. I'll never forget talking with a friend about this, trying to encourage them to come back to church. A believer who just decided I have more fun out in the world. And we talked and talked about the old things that pull at you, that promise something of you, that make you feel somehow that you're more powerful than the people around you. But the the end result is your life is contaminated. Sin promises joy, but it contaminates your life. Now, Paul's very specific about this. How does this happen? He says, it contaminates body and spirit. Now, I used the illustration of donuts earlier, but he's not talking about junk food versus organic food here, although organic food might be a good idea, a great idea for you. He's talking about the spiritual side of your life, and he's saying that both body and spirit are an important part of who you are. Both can be contaminated, and both, by the way, will be resurrected in the end. Your physical body is going to be resurrected. Your spirit's going to be resurrected to be with the Lord. This idea that somehow your spirit is spiritual and your body is like, eh, it's just material. It doesn't mean much. It, it's going to be left behind anyway, so who really cares? That is a totally non-Christian idea, non-biblical idea. Both body and spirit are meant to live forever. So both body and spirit should not be contaminated. Stay away from those things that contaminate your attitudes, your beliefs, your soul. Now, what contaminates? Uh, We could give a list of a thousand, maybe a million things. It has to do with the choices you make. It has to do with the thoughts that you entertain. It has to do with the entertainments that you allow in your life. It has to do with the people that you spend time with. For every one of us, those things that contaminate our lives are very specific to us. Now, the Scripture has much to say about the kinds of sin that contaminate us. But when you look at your own life, it has to be specific to what is it in my life that's keeping me from having faith, that's drawing me away from Christ? What is it in my life that's keeping me from being the believer that I want to be? If you just look at somebody else's list, you're going to be in trouble because maybe you do great on their list or maybe you do terrible on their list. That's not the issue. The issue is what's God saying to you about this? What is it that's contaminating your body, your spirit? How do you get that out of your life, not let that into your life? Now, one of the main things to do to not let that into your life, to get that out of your life, is to change your relationships. When we get around the wrong kind of people, we begin to allow the wrong kinds of things into our lives. We'd all like to think that we're above that, but none of us are. None of us are. 
So if you find that there's a lot of things contaminating your thoughts, your actions, your attitudes, one of the first things to look at is how do I get around the kind of people that aren't living that way? How do I get around the kind of people that are wanting to, that are desiring to, and choosing to put the right things into their life? Let's purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. And then this last phrase, one of the most powerful phrases about purity in all the Bible, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Now, I like that word perfecting. You're not perfect yet. One day you will be perfect when you see Jesus in heaven. But now, in the now what's happening, we are perfecting. We're perfecting holiness. You're being perfected by God. He's at work in your heart, in your life. You're not perfect yet. One day you'll be perfect. Right now, God is perfecting you. How does that happen? Holiness, by the way, means to be set apart, to be separate, to be the kind of person that God wants you to be. How do I perfect that kind of an attitude in my life in this world where there's so much that's imperfect and I see so much in myself that's imperfect? Well, the power doesn't come from me. Power doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from the world around you. It comes from our reverence for God. You perfect holiness out of reverence for God. Reverence for God is respecting God for who he is. So here's how this all fits together as we walk through these verses. What Paul is saying to us, what the scripture is saying to us is this. The more I see what God has promised, the more I trust what God has said, and the more I respect who God truly is, the more I will experience purity in my daily life. The more I see what God has promised, the more I trust what God has said, the more I respect who God truly is, the more you will experience, the more I will experience purity in my daily life. Let's pray together. Father, we pray for those things. Help us to see today what you've promised. To see it. Not just to see what's around us, the events, the circumstances. Help us to see your promise in our lives. The promise of your presence that you're dwelling with us, you're walking with us through everything we go through. Lord, help us to trust what you've said today. It's so easy for us to trust our own feelings and opinions or trust what somebody else is thinking about us. Help us to trust what you said. Lord, help us to respect you for who you are the God of the universe, a God of perfect integrity and holiness. Help us to have an awe-filled respect for your power, your goodness. And Lord, as that happens, it's my prayer that I, that we will experience purity in our lives today, the gift that comes from you in our daily lives. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, we're gonna to talk about surviving difficult and hurtful relationships. <music> 